It's lovely to see all of you here today, even though we are still social distancing a bit. It's good to have you guys here. We are going to sing in today's service. We just won't do it, I don't know, too loudly or just check who's standing next to you or close to you and just be conscious of that. So my prayer is that each and every one of us will experience the Lord, will hear the Lord's voice, that the words that we hear will be more than just words. Love is your way, love is your nature, blessing each creature, lighting each day. Grace is your sign, the gift of forgiveness, chalice that changes water to wine. Let's have a moment of silence, just to be here in the moment, forget about everything that's supposed to happen this week, and then we will join in our call to worship after that. Thank you, Lord, that we can be here today and hear the words, grace be with you, mercy and peace from God the Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ through the working of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We are called to a journey this day and every day, following Jesus wherever he leads. We are called to worship together here today and to tell future generations the good news. God has called us to this journey with God, and we are here to answer that call. Why are we here today? It is part of our faith journey not only to know God's will for our lives, but to believe it, to live in it, and to align our current, way, current ways according to it. Romans 12 verse 2 says, Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. This passage gives us an important sequence. The child of God refuses to conform to this world and instead allows him and herself to be transformed by the Spirit. And that's why we are here today, to be like that, to live like that, to hear the words of Psalm 119 saying, by your words, I can see where I am going. They throw a beam of light on my dark path. I've committed myself and I will never turn back from living by your righteous order. I inherit your book on living. It's mine forever. What a gift, how happy it makes me. I concentrate exactly on what you say. I always have and I always will. As our minds are renewed according to the things of God, then we will know what God's perfect will for our lives are. May God's will become our will always and in every moment. Let's sing joyful, joyful we adore. reading today comes from Colossians 3 verses 8 to 17 called He is Your Life and I'm reading from the Message Bible because it's a longer story but it's a better story <clears throat> and that means killing off everything connected with the way of death, sexual promiscuity, impurity, lust, doing whatever you feel like whenever you feel like it and grabbing what attracts you 
and grabs your fancy. That's a life shaped by things and feelings instead of by God. It's because of this kind of thing that God is about to explode in anger. It wasn't long ago that you were doing all that stuff and not knowing any better. But you know better now, so make sure it's all gone for good. Bad temper, irritability, meanness, profanity and dirty talk. Do not lie to one another. You're done with that old life. It's like a filthy set of ill-fitting of ill-fitting clothes you stripped off and put in the fire. Now you're dressed in a new wardrobe. Every item of your new way of life is custom made by the creator with his label on it. All the old fashions are now obsolete. Words like Jewish and non-Jewish, religious and irreligious, insider and outsider, uncivilized and uncouth. Slave and free mean nothing. From now on, everyone is defined by Christ and everyone is included in Christ. So chosen by God for this new life of love, dress in the wardrobe God has picked out for you. Compassion, kindness, humility, quiet strength and discipline. Be even-tempered, content with second place quick to forgive an offence. Forgive as quickly and as completely as the master forgave you. And regardless of what else you put on, wear love. It's your new basic all-purpose garment. Never be without it. Let the peace of Christ keep you in tune with each other, in step with each other. None of this going off and doing your own thing and cultivate thankfulness. Let the word of Christ, the message, have run of the house. Give it plenty of room in your lives. Instruct and direct one another using good common sense and sing, and sing your hearts out to God. Let every detail in your lives, words, actions, whatever to be done, be it done in the name of the Master, Jesus Christ, thanking God the Father every step of the way. Thank you. Okay, Tamariki time. No, it's first offerings, sorry. We can now take our offerings. Um, there'll be a moment for that. No, sorry. <laughs> Go back. We are not going to take offerings right now. We will give offerings in the bowls at the back, at the end. But I would like the <coughs> baskets to come forward. Thank you. Sorry.
Lord, what you give to us is your gift. How we share it with others is how we gift back what you have given to us. Please share these things that we are going to share with others. Amen. Okay, kids. Did you see what just happened now? No, you didn't. You missed it. This is one of my favorite parts of what we do in the service. So every Sunday, you may not see it, we give something. Some people put an envelope into a bag. Some people give coins. Some people send money into the bank account of the church. Some people, every Sunday, bring food. Can you see this? Do you want to stand up and see what this year is going to be? Yes, stand up. and bring it here so that we can share it with others. And then there are people who take it to the Newland Food Bank and Johnsonville Food Bank. Every week after the service, they go give it to them and say, please give this to people who don't have enough, people who are hungry. And that's our way of saying we want to help people around us. But there are all kinds of ways for us to do this. Ruby is going to lead us a little something now. Yes. And you can take this live so that everyone can hear it. I pray your love will keep on growing and you will fully know and understand how to make the right choices. Then you will still be pure and innocent when Christ returns. And until that day, Jesus Christ will keep you busy doing good deeds and bring glory and praise to God. Yes, exactly. God will help you to do good deeds to the glory of God. So bringing food here once a week, that's a good deed, but that's just one way to do a good deed. But all of that is about loving other people. That's one way of loving someone. There are all sorts of ways of loving other people. We can pray for them. We can be kind to them. We can forgive them. We can take them food when they are really, really busy and we don't know they don't have time to make real good food. We can sit with them, we can talk with them, we can say, hey, what's wrong? Are you okay? There are all sorts of ways for us to say, hey, I love you. And when we do that, we do that to the glory of God. Then people will know God and we, they will see God. How? Through the way we love others. If you forget everything I say today, quickly look at me now. People will know God by the way we love others and giving food. Or coming to church and singing and praying or being with them and asking them if they're okay. Yeah? Okay, we're going to do our Tamariki song now. Mm -hmm. 
this is becoming one of my favorite parts of the service too. So stand up with us guys, and then you can come and stand here. You know the song so well. We've got instruments today. Yes, take your instruments, and then we will do a song. There we go. <laughs> Let's pray. Dear Lord, you are here and it's good. We can feel your presence. We, we know that when we are together, you say when two or more are together, you are there with them. Thank you, dear Lord, that we can sing your praise. Thank you that we can hear it from our children's mouths. Thank you that they are here. Thank you that they come to church. Thank you that they or brought up in houses where people tell them about the Lord, how wonderful, what a blessing that is. Dear Lord, please be with us in this service when we read from your word, when we hear your words. May it turn something in us, awaken something, may it give us comfort and guidance. Thank you that we can do this all in your name for you. 
only because you sent your son to us, for us, to be with us. We ask this all in your name. Amen. We all know the famous quote of Descartes saying, I think, therefore I am. We've been brought up in this way. We are thinking things. What we think has so much power. It controls so much. The famous quote tells us, we think, therefore we are. We can go so far as to say that our thoughts has so much power that we are what we think. We want to think. We want our thoughts and ideas to be heard and shared and respected and acknowledged. The way we talk to ourselves, what we tell ourselves, what we dream, what we think is possible or not, the way we think about the future, the past, it all has this massive effect on us. When we look at ourselves, because how we talk about ourselves can ruin our lives. And because how we think and how we think about life is so important, when we change how we think, we might change who we are. Because what we think is so important, we can say, when we change what we think, we might change who we are. The church is no different. There comes a time for a congregation and the people in it to rethink who they are, what they stand for, and what the best way forward is. And JUC has done that. Just before I came here, you poured a lot of thought, a lot of thinking into new ways of being church. You did all sorts of brainstorming and talking and debating and thinking about what should be the way forward for the church and how your thinking about the church might change who you are. And you came up with this mission plan to help you do that. You've talked about it, I've preached about it a little bit, and it's been these words on paper for almost a year. And Parish Council has been trying to put those words into action. Because we have to be more than thinkers. We have to be doers too. We have to go over into action. And that's where we are right now. Thinking, check. Talking, check doing. That's where we are now. And if we want to talk about doing, we have to ask ourselves, what will be the base for how we do things? What will fuel our doing? Because the truth is, there is one thing that might be even more important than what we think, and that is what motiv motivates our doing. What motivates the way you think, why you do things, what fuels you, and what is that all based on? It has such a big impact in our lives. Doing, being active, and keeping at it, you need to be motivated. You need fuel for your hopes and dreams and aspirations. There has to be this strong motivation for a person to get up at 6 o'clock every morning and go for a run. I don't have it. Well done, if you have. 
There has to be the strong motivation in you to do the same job for years and years and be fulfilled by it. To quit's a bad habit. Your, your motivation needs to be strong. I will say it again. What feels you're doing has an enormous effect on how likely you are to keep at it. What motivates your actions has this enormous effect on the kind of effort you put into something. When you love what you do, when you do things because you love it, it changes everything. When love is the motivation for you to do things, your actions will be different. And that might bring us to a place where we say, if we think, if we are what we think, if that has a big effect on us, imagine what a big effect will love have on us. I'm not only what I think, I am what I love. And if we talk about what fuels our motivation, our action, our thinking, and the way we do church, the way we see church, the, the way that things are happening in here, what if love could be the basis to all of that? And Philippians, Paul talks about this. He talks about what, what's underneath all of this. What's underneath all the thinking and the talking? In Philippians 1, verse 9 to 11, he says, And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled by the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. When you read this bit, but not just this bit, when you read and study Paul, you will see that for Paul, the focus and intent is always Jesus. That's what it's all about for him. Proclaiming and making the good news known. That's his thing. That's what he's all about. He teaches and shares these controversial, challenging ideas because of Jesus and who Jesus was. Because the part that Jesus plays in his life. And he writes this letter to the people of Philippi saying, all of you who are trying, all of you who are trying to live these good lives, I carry you in my heart. I think of you. I keep you close. And in true Pauline style, he starts with a prayer. Friends, you who are trying so hard, people who read this, people who hear this, he says this is all about love. It's all about the radical and different kind of love Jesus had. And he is teaching them about this new kind of love. So much religious activities in those days, in the time this letter was written, was based on all other things apart from love. So many different things fueled people's actions and behaviors and thoughts. Culture, expectations, law, fear, pressure from society, tradition. That was so often what fueled people to do certain things and how they did it. 
And now Paul says, I pray for you that you will have the love of God in you and that you will show it, that you will share it, that that will be your fuel. He prays that the love of God will overflow and become more and more. He prays that their love will be an abounding love to those around them. The picture that he's painting has nothing to do with the static kind of thing. It's something that doesn't just arrive and stay there. It grows, it multiplies for them. And when that happens, that should not be a fleeting thing. Sometimes something that's purely based on our emotions, that's fleeting. But he says, I want a love that can stick. And so when he talks about love, he says it should also be a thing of knowledge and, and insight. This is what I pray for you, he says, a love that is full of knowledge. Because he knows when we act on love purely out of an emotion, then that's something that might go away. That's something that we will choose to do. Sometimes, sometimes let it go. But when our love is based on more than just this feeling, when it is a combination of knowledge and insight, that'll be something different. He says, love and knowledge, it can't be two different things. Love needs knowledge because then love can be informative and helpful. It won't be just fleeting. In 1 Corinthians, he says, if all you have is knowledge, but you do not have love, then you have nothing. You see, it goes both ways. So he says, I want you to have love that is full of knowledge. I want you to study it. I want you to know what's going on in the lives of the people that you love. I want you to have insights. I want you to go to people you love and ask them what they are about, how they're going. And so then when you have love and it's based on knowledge and insight too, then you won't just do things out of duty. You won't just do things because you think you should. He says, no, I want you to have a love that's in your head, yes, and in your heart too. And then he says, this love, may it carry the fruit of righteousness. And when he talks about righteousness here, he talks about the word community. In Greek, it is koinonia. When we talk about righteousness, he talks about unity and the inclusion of everyone around us. That's the type of community he's talking about. That's the kind of love he's talking about. A love that is a table that's open, that has an open chair. It's, it's a kind of love that doesn't remain silent when people are treated unfairly. It's the kind of love that becomes visible and tangible. It's the kind of love that bears fruit to the glory of God. And so he says, go put into practice what I'm teaching you. Love that has no bounds. Love that is full of knowledge and insight. Love that pours out to those around you, into your community. That will be the fruit of your love. The root and the fruit. Jesus being the root of it all. The love that he had being the fruit that we bear. 
And then in Colossians 1, we read, For God was pleased to have all this fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Reconcile to all things. Reconciled not to just little bits in our lives. Love that doesn't just go to those places where we are comfortable, the things that we find easy, all things. And that is where the body of Christ comes in. Loving all things needs all sorts of personalities, abilities, gifts, callings, interests. When we talk about where our church is heading, where the church in the world is heading, we are talking about specific individual people taking up their priesthood and answering this act, this call to act, to love. That's where we are called to go, to take this love and go and take it to all things. But to take it to all things, we need all sorts of people. And that is what we are all about. Answering our call to love, to share our talents and gifts and have it build in the kingdom of God, to the glory of God. Now, how do we do that? We all need a compass to love all of it, everyone, all, all sorts of things. It takes practice. And that is what today is all about, to give you a compass, to help you, to show you what we have been planning and what we are planning to do to love those around us, to love everyone that comes through these doors every day of the week and especially Sundays, and to love the community around us, to care for them, again, to the glory of God based on the love Jesus has. In the lounge, you will today see what we are planning to do. You will see how we plan to love and care for those around us, how we plan to love our community, our youth, those in need, how we plan to love and worship in pastoral issues when it comes to hospitality and spiritual formation and mission and how we are connecting and communicating to the world. Now, this is what our mission plan is all about. I know the mission plan has been about all sorts of other things too. But today, I want it for you to be about loving and caring, taking serious what it means to love those around you. And I know it might not happen overnight, and it might be something we need to learn and relearn or unlearn even. And that's why we have conveners. And that's why we have parish council. And that's why we have committees that will help you and guide you and take you on this road of learning how to love in a new way, in a different way, maybe in the old way still, yes, but how to do it in all sorts of ways for all things, for everyone around us. So today is going to be a little different because I want you to go to the lounge 
and take a walk around there. The conveners will be each at their own table. Chat to them a bit. Hear what they are all about. And then if you feel, yep, I want to get involved here, then give them your name. Or if you feel, oh, I wish we could do this too. I feel called to do this too. I love this and I want to share this with those around me. Then tell us about that too. Talk, see what's going on, read, listen for a bit. And then we will ring the bell and then you can come back. And then afterwards, if we have our coffee, you're more than welcome to walk around there too. So for now, please, I know this is strange, <laughs> go to the lounge, go see what it's all about, and then we'll ring the bell for you to come back. By now, you, you probably know that I really like the, um, the writings of Henry Nowen, and he writes, this leaves, leaves us with the urgent question, how can we be or become a caring community? A community of people not trying to cover the pain or to avoid it by sophisticated bypasses, but rather share in it as a source of healing and new life. It is important, he says, to realize that you do not have to have a PhD, PhD in caring. We can all participate in this. We can all be part of this loving and learning to love community. So let there be love shared among us. Let there be love in our eyes. May our love sweep this nation. Give us a fresh understanding of brotherly love that is real. Let there be love shared among us. Let there be love. Amen. Let's pray. Our Lord, take our gifts and let us love you. You who loved us first. Give us light and food and shelter. Give us life and set us free. Because your love has touched us. And now we can give it away. Now that the bread of love is rising, loaves of love to multiply. Dear Lord, May we be taken by your spirit in the name of Jesus to, to make love real. To take this plan that we have, this mission plan, and, and give it wings, make it become alive. Thank you that we can ask this in your name, the name above all names. Amen. Let's stand for our benediction and then our song, last song after that. As we go out into the world, this is not the end of the service, it is merely the beginning. And we go with the words, the Lord bless you and keep you, protect you, sustain you and guard you. The Lord make his face shine upon you be gracious to you, surrounding you with loving kindness. The Lord lifts his countenance, his face upon you with divine approval and give you peace, a tranquil heart and life. Amen.